It's time to look big picture at your San Francisco 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker here on this Tuesday episode. Uh, a stunning loss, a brutal loss in a wild one in Seattle this weekend. We've covered that in the Rapid React episode this week. Now let's start to find out why. What's going on with these San Francisco 49ers? We might have to go all the way back to September in week one. We might have to go all the way back to uh, the draft. We might have to go all the way back to prior years, figure out where the 49ers are, big picture, what's going on with this 2021 San Francisco 49ers team right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Might have a chance to hit some of those Twitter questions today. I know I have some emails there as well. Had a good time chatting post pod with a lot of you folks on YouTube yesterday. YouTube channel is growing, so fun doing that as well. So make sure you hit the subscribe on that or whatever platform you are listening to or watching Locked On 49ers. This podcast is brought to you in part by On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or just search Super Bowl On Location. Croc, have you searched within yourself in the last 24 hours? Have you searched for some answers about the San Francisco 49ers team and where they are at now at six and six as we hit the stretch run of this 2021 season. You know, that's that's a tough thing. I don't know if there are any answers. Right. I think if there's a simple answer, hey 49ers, stop doing things to hurt yourself. But I don't think it's as simple as that, right? Because clearly this has been an issue in multiple games this year, a lot more than you would like. Maybe the team is just a six and six type team, and that's just all they're kind of gonna be this year. Yeah, one step forward, one step back. And it's funny because ever since the Super Bowl, run it back. You know, Super Bowl team, easy peasy, let's go back to the Super Bowl and do it again. 2020 happened, injuries. You could excuse away a lot of what happened that season to bad luck. Come back, 2021, you think you're going to be much better than 2020. Super Bowl aspirations again. This is a playoff team, no doubt, right? Go win a bunch of games, win a couple games, lose a bunch of games, then you start to think, okay, this is maybe just a bad football team. Are we looking at a top 10 draft pick that the 49ers don't anymore because of what they did in the offseason? Do you switch to the rookie quarterback? You have all those conversations. Then the 49ers come back, win three games in a row. And it's like, oh, there they are. Okay, that's the team. They've got it figured out. They've got it fixed. Jimmy just needs to be in shotgun. Let's go win a bunch of football games. And then you go have this goofy game in Seattle, lose that. And I guess the Niners are just somewhere in between. They're not a terrible team. They're not a bottom-feeding team in the NFL. They've got a lot of talent. They're a pretty well-coached football team. But they're not that Super Bowl-aspiring team that you hoped you'd see ever since they lost that last Super Bowl in February of 2020. So they're just somewhere in the middle. Where in the middle? I guess it just depends on the week, right? You know, I think there there's this lack of discipline with this team. And it doesn't pop up all the time, but clearly in all of their losses and in a couple of their wins, it – rears his head and you're like what is this like what 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 just happened why did that happen what's up with this penalty or why why this guy do this or why did Trent Sherfield push a guy in the back and it was blatant and he tried to act like he didn't do it you know just these weird things that happen in moments and it's like all right right, that's not good football and and they do that 
throughout games. And ultimately, I mean, like yesterday or Sunday, it result it, it that was the result of the, the game, right? Like a loss because of those issues. Yes, it, it wasn't like the 49ers went out there and got beat straight up man for man by the Seahawks. In fact, you know, if anything, I think the 49ers beat the Seahawks physically and athletically on Sunday, but you had nine points, two of them on a safety where one guy did get beat. <laughs> he got super beat physically. Uh, and that was Carlos Dunlap beating uh, John, uh, Tom Compton at right tackle for safety and also beating him in the last play of the game and batting down a ball that could have been a touchdown to tie the game. So uh, Carlos Dunlap himself accounted for potentially nine points against the 49ers. Then there was the fake punt right after what should have been a three and out that was another seven points. So that's a huge swing right there for just yeah. a couple of plays. And otherwise the 49ers did pretty well, except for the mistakes shooting th themselves in the foot and fumbles and uh, interceptions and those types of things. But here's the question to you then croc, does it have to be perfect for the 49ers to win? Can they win when things go off script and they haven't really proven this year that they can. This year, they don't seem to be that team to be able to do that for whatever reasons. Right. I think in most cases, you know, you would like your quarterback, right, to be the guy to be able to overcome some of those things. And we did see a little bit in the Vikings game where it was like, oh, okay, like you can throw an interception and come back from that. But I think when you compound all those mistakes, it ends up resulting in a loss. Now, saying all of that, and as bad as it was in the Seahawks game, they still had an opportunity to win the game down the stretch. And that's the thing where I'm like, gosh, like I can tell this is a good team, because just because of that, like you turn the ball over basically what four times or whatever it was when, when you factor in two interceptions, fumble on the kickoff, um, and also the safety. The, the safety, and what really I think all of those things short, set up short yarded situations for the Seattle Seahawks. But even throughout all of that, you still had an opportunity to win, and and that's the part I struggle with where a team that's able to overcome all of that and still have a chance to win. Like, wow, you, you would think that's a good team. The issue is they just do that too often. That, and that's the troubling part about it. Now you would like your quarterback. Hey, like when can you win one of those games where it's that ugly and maybe Jimmy isn't quite that guy. And then I think that starts, you know, start to ask other questions. You kind of talked, touched on it just a little bit coming on. Do you start going to Trey Lance? And my thing is, when you're six and six, when you when you started Jimmy Garoppolo to start the season, it was not with six and six in mind, right? When Kyle Shanahan was like, okay, we're going to go with Jimmy Garoppolo because that's going to result in wins. He gives you the best chance to win. You're, you're going to win all these games. You're not thinking six and six. You're thinking nine and three at this point. You're, you're thinking eight and four at this point. You're definitely not thinking, man, every time we play these tough teams, you know, and we have, and things don't go our way. We lose the game with Jimmy Garoppolo at that. When you look at it like that, do you start to say, well, what are we waiting for with not playing Trey Lance? Cause that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like what, what's the, what's the trade-off? Okay. You play Jimmy Garoppolo. If you continue this at this pace and you are a around 500 team, can you be 500 this year? Say you are a nine and eight or an eight and nine team and you missed the playoffs, what benefit did you get from starting Jimmy Garoppolo this entire season? And especially the long-term benefit, which once you made the move to go get Trey Lance, and this is sort of what we talked about all offseason long, once you made that move, you decide what you're going to do. Now the best thing for 
your career, if you're Kyle Shanahan, the best thing for your career, if you're John Lynch, the best thing for the San Francisco 49ers long-term and Jed York and Prague and, and Trey Lance himself, the best thing is to do whatever the right thing is in developing Trey Lance. If the right thing in developing Trey Lance is getting him playing time, which is what I think it is because he needs that because that's the one thing he was missing from the college to the pro level. He needs snaps. He needs reps. And he's obviously not getting enough reps in practice. They've talked about that. So are you developing your young quarterback? And if you don't do that and you don't get the playoffs and, and go far in the playoffs, like a, a one and done in the playoffs too is a, is a huge failure if you didn't develop this young quarterback. So it's all about Trey Lance. It, it has been since March when they made the trade up, even if they didn't know it was Trey Lance yet, that was, that was the plan they put into place. And they deviated from that plan because Kyle Shanahan loves his veterans and he's trying to win games now, which I understand. But that, to your point, yeah, that wasn't for a six and six outcome. And I, and I, I'm kind of with you, Croc, where even if it looked different and there's different strengths and weaknesses with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, if they went with, with Trey the whole season and he played every game that he was healthy for, would they still be six and six? Probably. Around pretty around close around there, yeah. right? Like, it, it, most people would be like, "No way!" But I think when we're looking at Trey Lance, right, we're looking at him against the Arizona Cardinals. Like, you got to use some context here, right, with him. And I use context with Jimmy Garoppolo all the time, right now. And even then, if you ask me today, who gives the 49ers a better chance to win the game? It's Jimmy Garoppolo, hands down. Like, I don't even have to think about that or second guess it. Jimmy Garoppolo gives the 49ers the best chance to win until he does it, right? When you look at Trey Lance, if he had. He Thank you, go ahead. Oh, okay. I, I know where you're going with it. But you look at Trey Lance, a guy who, you know, he started against Arizona, and I thought there were some things that were encouraging, but he, he didn't have the luxury of having the entire offseason of working with the ones, of really getting those reps, of really preparing as a starter. And even against Arizona, it's like, yeah, I start the game, but this is my first time having reps at with the ones all year long. And I'm thrown in there against the best team in the NFL and against the defense that was cooking at that time. And they're still playing well for the most part. There was like one game that hiccup, but for the most part, they're still playing well. But even then, they had JJ Watt and Chandler Jones and Buddha Baker and all these other guys, playmakers flying around. I think that was a tough game to start off at, in on the road. And it seems like a lot of people are looking at that game like, well, see, this game, this is why Trey Lance doesn't give you the best chance to win. It's like, well, most teams haven't beat the Arizona Cardinals. They've been pretty damn good this whole year. And, right. and I mean, they, you lost, you lost to Arizona with. Jimmy, you lost the Arizona with Trey Lance. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not getting my my thing is we're not really getting much different outcomes. We're playing them. You lost when when Trey Lance played the the second half of Seattle. You lost by a touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo plays against Seattle. You lose to you lose by a touchdown. Like the, the results aren't much different right now. And it's a worse Seattle team that you played in Week 13 than the one you played in Week what was that four? Yeah. And but it was on the road instead of home. So maybe that's another, you know, slight difference there in those two atmospheres and those two games. Hold on, Croc. We, uh, I got to get on to some other things. Um, and, and one big question I still have is, OK, that's looking from week one to week 13. You know, those 12 games plus a bye, where would the 49ers be? Then the question becomes, OK, then where would the 49ers be from week 14, not only on this year, but into next year with Trey Lance playing those games, would he potentially be better? That Like, at what point does he pass Jimmy Garoppolo, right, on the development scale, even if Jimmy did give you a better chance to win 
uh, in week one to start versus uh, a rookie starting his career. So that's a question that we have to get into next. But first, I want to let the folks know about Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of free 5G phone so you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can share all the insights and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place you can score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Will it be those San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 56? They're on the cusp of the playoffs. They've got to figure something out to get there. We're going to have an all-LA Rams-Chargers Super Bowl. That's looking less likely than it did maybe at the beginning of the season. Bucks, Chiefs back again. Entirely plausible with the way those teams are playing right now. Whoever it is, you can have a once-in-a-lifetime experience at Super Bowl 56. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or Search Super Bowl on location. Okay, Croc, we can argue about, given the information we have, where the 49ers would be. Jimmy Garoppolo starts all the games or Trey Lance starts all the games. My question is, would the 49ers be better from week 14 through week 18? and into the playoffs, and into 2022, week one, which is really what I'm starting to get worried about here with the 49ers. If Trey Lance had been playing these first 13 weeks when healthy, instead of Jimmy Garoppolo, would the 49ers have already benefited and already be better for it? I I don't know if there's, you know, I could say, oh, yeah, they would, you know, and I'd assume, but that's just speculation. I know, I'm on the fence here. You know, but I'm trying to look at it from a realistic standpoint, right? Because you look at some of these other rookies and it hasn't been all peaches for them. Even got now, you could say, well, their situations aren't as bad. I could say, well, 49ers situation hasn't been as good as we thought it would be, right? From the offensive line. I mean, look at Tom Compton and how he's getting beat like a drum. Yeah, well, what would Trey Lance do standing in his end zone and Carlos Dunlap, who's like, what, 6'7", 295 pounds, is all up his business. Like, what's he going to do there? Is he going to make right. some superhuman play? Maybe, but... Yeah, that, there, there's been some bad situations for Jimmy G. Uh, he did kind of make the superhuman play. The, the first time they played late, remember, he they, he scored a touchdown on that last drive that they had. And it was fourth and 10, and they came, and he bounced left, bounced right, shot up the field, you know, picked up 12 yards. So there's, you know, there's a little bit of that in there. Yeah, you're right. They probably, the Niners probably would have scored on that play with Trey Lance back there. 100%. 99-yard <laughs> touchdown run. No, uh, but in all seriousness, I'm – I said this from the jump. 
to me, and I can say this, Kyle Shanahan can't. It was all about 2022 for me. None of this was about 2021, right? So I would have went without Jimmy Garoppolo. I understand why he kept him. I understand why Jimmy Garoppolo started. But if it were me, what can I do to make sure that 2021, we have all this money we could put into our, you know, the players and the team around our guy. What can we do to prepare him for that following year? And to me, it would have been best thing to do is play him right now. Let him go through ups and downs. Let him learn on the fly. See these different things. And okay, he should be, in, you know, he should be better 2022 for it. I think not playing him. I there's just going to be a lot of unknown, right? In even with him, right? Like man, like you know, there's going to be more pressure on him to be hit the ground running and be good right away. I don't think that's a realistic expectation, even if he has sat for a year. You know, I think. Right now, especially if I would play him the rest of this way. I look at the schedule. I think it's favorable. You know, he gets to play against teams like Tennessee. Defense hasn't been good. I know Tennessee's, their record is fine, but there is no Chris Henry anymore. So defense isn't as great. Play him against them. Awesome. Cincinnati. Yes, it's a road game. That's not any crazy environment. Play him against Cincinnati. Your defense isn't great. Play him against them. Uh, You got Houston Texans. You know, I just think there are a lot of games. I think that last game against the Rams, I don't even know if Matthew Stafford and those guys are going to play. So I would start him the rest of the way. Let's, you know, live with our ups and downs, whatever it is, but at least it can help build some optimism towards 2022 and some confidence in not just him, but confidence in Jet York, confidence in Kyle Shanahan, right? Where it's like, okay, I see it. You know, some guys are gamers, but not playing them. Oh, man. I mean, do you think it'd be good for the podcast? I think. You know, we'll be able to have something to talk about, but I don't I don't like it. I don't like that plan. You know, what's best for the podcast is W's listenership is up after wins. So uh, some some fans do like to hate watch and hate listen. Uh, some fans are going to listen no matter what. So shout out to all you that are that are faithfully listening and watching us no matter what's going on with the team. You want to stay informed. You want to talk ball with Croc and Peacock. Uh, and I love you for it. But some fans can't. They cannot listen after a loss. They can't do it. So the thing that helps us most with listenership is is winning. Um, one thing winning and I, optimism. Yeah, right. Optimism. Yeah, and our, our biggest shows this year were right before the season started and right after the draft. Right, because who's this? Who are these players? The Niners just drafted seven Hall of Famers, right? That's always the vibe that you get after a draft from any fan base. It's all positivity. These players are all going to be great. How do they fit in the team? Then you see them show up and you realize, oh, this guy's never going to play down for the team or, or, you know, whatever, whatever ends up happening in different careers in the NFL. Um, one thing I don't want, maybe two things, two things I don't want to hear from Kyle Shanahan and from the fan base to a certain degree is being surprised that, oh, and th- this kind of more is directed towards Kyle Shanahan, but I know there's some fans out there that are like uh, shocked about who Jimmy Garoppolo is. Like, we already knew who Jimmy Garoppolo was. We already knew that as soon as he has a bad game, the Wolves are going to come out. Everyone's going to be calling for Trey Lance, right? And nobody was calling for Trey Lance last week because the Niners won and played a good game. Jimmy Garoppolo has a bad game. Everyone <laughs> comes out and calls for Trey Lance. Not I mean, not every, not 100%, but it's like 95%. They, people were saying he wasn't the reason for the wins. It was like, right. well, yeah, you won, but you have to run the ball 40 times to, to get the W with Jimmy at quarterback. And after, I think if, if you're sitting Trey Lance, I, I feel like it shouldn't be for that. 
Like, I feel like, oh, I, if I'm sitting Trey Lance, it's just because this guy is just way better. Not because, well, to win this game, we've got to run the ball 40 times and play mistake free. And if we do that, then we can win with this quarterback. I'm like, you can probably do that with a rookie. Not saying you can, yeah, but I feel like that would be the recipe, right? He, they're handling Jimmy with kitty gloves like you would do a rookie. No, that's a great point. But, but my point about the this being surprised is Kyle Shanahan, when he gets asked questions about why isn't Trey Lance playing, that shouldn't shock him. He shouldn't be mad about it. He should understand that that's the bed he made for himself when they went and traded up for a quarterback top three. Right. That's going to happen. We said it after the Rams game. Look, great win. Everyone's happy. Jimmy played great. The team played great. If he lays an egg against the Jaguars, the Wolves are going to come out again. And, and Jimmy has no room for error because anytime he throws a pick or plays bad, that's what's going to happen the following Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday until he plays good and wins another game. Is there, People are going to be coming for his job. Why is he playing? He's terrible. Why isn't Trey Lance playing? So I just don't want anybody to act surprised that that's you know, the prevailing thought after this loss to the Seahawks because we knew that was going to happen all offseason long. We had talked about it. It's almost an impossible task for the 49ers to try to tiptoe that boundary between having a, a someone who's such a high-profile rookie that they traded so much up to get that there was so much newsworthiness about the trade and moving up and who are they going to take and they finally take their guy and not have him on the field yet that puts so much pressure on the coach and, and the other quarterback who is playing and so I just don't want anybody to be surprised by what's going on with the storylines and I don't want anybody to be surprised about Jimmy Garoppolo being who we already know he is, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a flawed quarterback. Yeah. He's not perfect. He'll make some mistakes, but when he's hyper-efficient and the Niners are able to do what they need to do and run the ball and play defense, they're going to win a ton of games. So um, that's not I don't surprising, want, and it shouldn't be a shock to anyone, including Kyle Shanahan. I don't want it to be you know, to where every time the 49ers lose, we get on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think my biggest thing right now it's is I, I, it's not even so much about Jimmy. It's that the fact the 49ers are 6-6. Six six. You know, when I look at that, it's like, man, like, you are – a very very average team and and you're doing it with a quarterback that you're handling with kitty gloves that is supposed to have you be one of the big dogs in the nfc and that's not happening so when i look at it from that standpoint of like this is not the expectations of the 49ers that's when i start looking at trey lance so it's not even so much it, it might not even really be about jimmy but I, he's getting caught in the crossfire this might really where this is more like directed towards his probably Kyle Shanahan. I think that's where I'm really who I'm talking to. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. This none of this is about Jimmy at all. It's all about Trey Lance, getting Trey Lance ready. If Trey Lance is bad, Kyle Shanahan doesn't have a job at some point in the future. If Trey Lance is bad because of Kyle Shanahan, he's not going to have a job in the future. If Trey Lance is good, Kyle Shanahan should be playing Trey Lance. And it's all about the development of Trey Lance. He is the future of this team. It doesn't matter what Jimmy's doing anymore. It's about Trey Lance getting him ready. When he's ready, he plays, period. It doesn't matter what the team is doing. It doesn't matter what the scoreboard says. It doesn't matter what their record is. It doesn't matter how good Jimmy Garoppolo is playing. When Trey's ready, Trey plays. It's all about Trey. That's but but what does it mean? What does it mean when Trey's ready? Be Most rookies aren't coming in just ready. Like we can't say, you know, he's played a, a game and a half. You know what I'm saying? And in that time, I saw a lot of positive. I saw a lot of things you could build on. I think he's not going to be ready until he continues to build on those things to help him be more consistent with the accuracy and things like that. Because right now, he's just pegged. Everybody just thinks he's just this super inaccurate guy. He was pretty, not, not saying he didn't have errant throws at North Dakota State, but he's pretty accurate. He was pretty accurate. Like, he wasn't just this, like, 50% uh, passer at North Dakota State as a 19-year-old as a kid. He was he, he got pegged with that because he was less accurate than the other top quarterbacks in the class. 
but he wasn't like Josh Allen. Josh Allen was super inaccurate, 50% passer, throwing stuff everywhere, like all out of whack. And we saw how he developed in the NFL. So um, he wasn't even uh, – uh, Trey Lance wasn't close to that level of inaccuracy. He was 67% passer, 67% passer, and he wasn't just – it wasn't like, oh, screens and checkdowns and things like that. Like he was – Throwing like things that you would ask him to do in the NFL, deep outs, far hash throws on the money, great timing. Like there was a lot of good things there. He wasn't just this inaccurate guy. Right now, a lot of his inaccuracies are coming from him just like this is all so new to him. You know, I compared it to me being with the Jets, right? When I was with the Jets, I came from a Division II school where our defense wasn't complex. It was like, hey, we're going to run cover three, we're going to run man. Right. And we ran the simple cover three and we ran man. When I got to the NFL, they started throwing all these different terms out. Uh, you know, these fire zones and this and that and this raider coverage and well, this man, but then we're gonna do this and there's this trap. And I'm like, what the hell is all this stuff? It's so new to me. But if you ask D Milliner who got drafted there, right? We're there the same year. D Milliner comes in from Alabama, he's the ninth overall pick. He's just like, Oh yeah, we did that. Oh yeah, we, we did that at Alabama. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, oh yeah, we did that, but we just called it this. Like Everything was so, like, it. his mind wasn't sped up with all this stuff like mine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Trey mm -hmm. Nance is seeing so many different things for the first time and hearing these different verbiages and the way they call, do things and then doing it in Kyle Shanahan's way, all those things can lead to being a little more inaccurate than you probably would be otherwise. And that's not to say that he was just a, you know, super pure, accurate thrower, but he was far more accurate than what we've seen so far early on in his tenure with the 49ers. To your question, when is Trey Lance ready? How do you know he's ready? That's still a topic I want to cover here. We're going to get to that shortly. And the last thing that I don't want to hear from Kyle Shanahan in the future or today or tomorrow or really ever, that next as it pertains to Trey Lance. In life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com Vacations, you can be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, bound for togetherness, bound for immersion. How about bound for rejuvenation? Or maybe you might be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, uh, I like to go to a beach resort to put my toes in the sand, put my toes in the water. Got to have a good beverage. Got to have good food, whether it's a margarita, whether uh, you're just sipping a little shorty or something like that. Uh, it, as long as it's good and as long as it's in my hand, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, mentions of a taco flight. That always gets me going. Had some bomb me tacos in Chico, California. Visiting some buddies the other day. Uh, give me some bomb me tacos and a margarita. I'd be pretty good if I'm at a beach resort. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be with beachbound.com. You can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you are looking for. What are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. Okay, Croc. So you asked when Hold is on. I gotta ask you another question real quick. Are okay. you a margarita? Are you a margarita type person? Oh yeah, but I'm probably not what you, your standard margarita that you're thinking of at okay. a chain restaurant. That's probably not what I'm looking for. I'm very booze heavy with my cocktails. So it's gotcha. going to be very strong, handmade. I'm a former bartender. Like, I want to make my own margarita. I don't want that thing that's like neon green and this tall. That's not yeah. good. That's, that's dessert. I don't want that. I want, you know, something yeah. very strong that I make myself. My, my wife goes to this spot. It's called Avocados out here. And, um, you know, they, they serve, you know, Taco Tuesday. They got the, uh, the $2.50 margaritas. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'm more of like a Hennessy, Maker's Mark, you know, dark stuff. But yeah. I just, I'm like, wow, this is good. You drink a couple of those, you're like, ooh, feel kind of good. So that was my first time kind of like, mm, these margarita things, there's something to that. But 
sorry about that. Okay, Go so ahead. they're doing up the marks. They're doing them. They're doing them solid in Arkansas. That's I didn't yeah. know. You never know what you're gonna get. Some solid Mexican food over there too. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Right. I get these like shrimp tacos. It's like shrimp with like chorizo. It's like chorizo beef something, and I mean, and like shrimp is good. It's good. All right, I like it. Okay, you're speaking my language, Crocky. Trey Lance. You asked, when, what does that mean? When is he ready? And how does he get ready, you know, if he's not playing? And that's why I've said this season is not about Jimmy. It's not about Jimmy. It's about Trey. If he can't get ready being the backup, then he shouldn't be the backup. So it's all about getting him ready. If the reps aren't there, if he needs starters reps, he has to be the starter. He has to be the starter. There, there's, no, there's no two ways about it. And the thing I really, really don't want to hear from Kyle Shanahan ever, if he says at any point in the future that Trey Lance isn't ready because he hasn't had enough reps, he should be fired that second. He should. He already said it. Never again. He said it already. He should, he's gone. He should be gone. Do you don't remember? He said he this two weeks ago. Uh, he, Grant Cohn was the one that put it out there where he was like, oh, yeah, you know, Trey, he knows the whole playbook, blah, blah, blah. He just needs those uh, those reps at full game speed. It's it, it makes me pull my hair up because it, it's always been about Trey and getting Trey ready. And if he doesn't, you know, it's like a, it's a chicken or the egg thing. He can't be ready because he doesn't have reps. Well, he can't get reps because he's not ready kind of thing. It's it's maddening. This year, it's not that big of a deal. But for me, it's it's next year. So if he's if he's bad in 2022 because he didn't play this year, that's where you're really screwing up because it's all it should be all about Trey. And just to hear it, yeah, I don't remember that quote. I'm going to have to go look it up because maybe – Maybe Shanahan should be fired already if that's the case. Because that's yeah. you, you, you can't it's it's not something he should ever otter because it's the most important thing that the 49ers franchise can do right now is develop Trey Lance. That is it's not about Jimmy, it's about Trey. He said that Trey Lance has known the entire playbook since training camp. He learned it very fast. He just needs to see the different looks at full speed. And is that the whole quote? Because I remember the quote about he knows the whole playbook which sort of set some bells off in my head, but I didn't hear the extended quote about seeing the yeah. looks because that is maddening to hear that. <laughs> that was maddening. When I, that, so so Grant Cohn tweeted it out and that was a big thing. And people were, and even Grant Cohn was like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> All right. Yeah. I got to go back and find that because that, wow. Maybe we should have Grant on the show. We should have Grant. What, what would he do? He's quality control, so. That's true. Yeah. QC. He needs the reps though. And, and he needs to play in again. To me, it was never about Jimmy, but I understand. I Listen, I understand everything. I understand context. And I've talked about this. I, I can give the context going all the way back to when they first got him to passing over Tom Brady to going with Jimmy Garoppolo right now. I, I get it. I get the context all the way through, but there's one thing that's been constant. There has been a miscalculation with all of this on the part of Kyle Shanahan and how he's done this whole thing surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo. So at what point do you say, you know what? I I have to go with this and I'm going to do everything in my power to, to, all right, Trey Lance, like, let's go. And we're rocking, we're rocking with this to the wheels fall off. But instead I, I just don't feel like I get that confidence. Now there's been some people 
I've heard like, oh, well, what does he look like in practice? Listen, when you're on a scout team, and this is not just NFL, this is going all the way down to Little League. They show you cards, right? They, you know, in literally in the NFL, they show you cards. It tells you where to run, you know, what route, what this, what that. Or if you're on defense, it shows you what coverage to play. And you have to do it how these other people would do it. And you show them once the defense, say you're Trey Lance and you're the scout team quarterback. Once you come out and you see that look, the defense knows what it is. They've been they've been practicing for this and looking to see this so they know exactly how to stop it. So there's no winning in that situation. Now you could say, well, it works for him to do Russell Wilson stuff or, you you know, do Kirk Cousins stuff. But you're not going to get the results and the confidence in him. He's probably throwing picks left and right because every time I drop back, well, they know him. And then coaches tell you, throw the dig because that's where Kirk Cousins would throw it. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, and then they jump the dig and you throw a pick and it's like, oh, I look bad. Like, you know, it's, I don't know. And you've got the second team offensive line trying to block the first team defensive line. Right? That's not good. Yeah. Wasn't good. It wasn't good when you had the second team D line uh going up against the second team offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. How about this one from Cody? He says, I am absolutely over defending Jimmy G. The guy's ceiling is a good backup and t- is it me or Seattle depended on BS calls and plays for years? Every game they play is it's you've got to be effing kidding me. Keep up the great work. Been a loyal listener for years. Shout out to Croc for making this pod even better. So thank you. Appreciate awesome. the compliment, Cody. I, I talked about it yesterday. A lot of fans mad about the calls. I, I don't really ever like going there, but the, the, a lot of other things 49ers did to, to lose the game outside of anything that the refs could have done. Or called. The PI in the end zone, you don't love because they just don't call the game the same in that The holding on Tomlinson was weird too, but. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Make that not matter. Fred Make Warner, 2019. Fred Warner, 2019. They did not call pass interference on him in the end zone when the Seahawks were in that same spot. Yep. On Hollister, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. What are you gonna do? And then good. No, Jimmy's a starter. Jimmy's one of the 32 best starting quarterbacks in the NFL in the world. I believe so. Right? Uh, I think it, Jimmy it, is solid. Yeah, uh, and uh, again, that's why it's not a, it's not even about bashing Jimmy because that's why I've been saying it's not even about Jimmy. It's about Trey. Get Trey ready. You already made the decision. You already know that you wanted a new quarterback, you traded three first rounders to get one. So play the new quarterback, right? Um, Jimmy has the same limitations now as he did to start the season. Yeah. It's just more glaring. Fun. When the team, it's just more glaring when the team makes undisciplined mistakes around him. Yes. Yep. And look, Trey Lance can drop back and throw a couple interceptions too, you know, but there might be. That was my thing. When people talk about rookie mistakes, not ready, missed throws, it's like (laughs) Jimmy's missing the same throws. He's been in this offense for four and a half years. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Juszczyk wide open on a wheel route down the sideline. How do you miss that? That's a layup throw. Uh, interesting point here from Explosivo on Twitter. He says, in earlier pods, you talked about how Jimmy's in the shotgun and helping his game. The first interception was in play action. Back to the defense, goes to the first read, linebacker waiting for the ball. Classic bad Jimmy. I've noticed Kyle going back to that a bit more in the last two games. I think, I mean, it's plain as day obvious that Garoppolo's better working in shotgun, and and a lot of those interceptions are like that. Yeah, that's that. He's going to where he thinks is going to be open. That's where the play's designed to go, and it's not there, and he doesn't see that little lurking linebacker. He doesn't see the robber safety come down, whatever it is. 
that's where a lot of bad Jimmy interceptions come from. And now he showed both types of bad interceptions in that game. Then he just threw one, you know, over the top. I don't know what the hell he was doing on the throw to George Kittle on the second pick. But yeah, you got to keep him is- if you're Kyle. Like if, if your plan is you got to win, you're trying to win games now with your veteran quarterback, put him in the best opportunity to win, which is out of the shotgun. He's just clearly better. Well, it, it limits Kyle's offense with those uh, big hitters on the crossing routes. You know, when yeah. you're under center, you can carry out the fake a little bit more. You could sell, you can sell the stretch, the outside zone more than pull and have that big bootleg. When you're in shotgun, it just is, it, it's not as effective. Even in that play, when he threw the interception, uh, uh, Wagner came up at first and then he just dropped back and, and Jimmy just never saw him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Last one here, this one from Kruger. He says, can we get some coaching analysis on the next pod? Kyle not giving Compton help on third and long from the end zone on the safety. Uh, Ryan not defending DK deep with help on third and long. Allowed the touchdown there. Hightower special team setup that allowed the fake punt touchdown. Niners were out coached by Pete and his staff again. Kyle 2-8 and eight against Pete. <sighs> Yucks. I mean, that I can't argue with any of that not helping Compton on every single drop back period because he's terrible, right? So you should be helping him as much as possible, especially if you're dropping back into the end zone. Um, yeah, help over the top on DK. That's kind of a must play in the Seahawks and the Seahawks don't really have anything to go to when you're doing that. I, it's worked so well for just about every game I've seen against the Seahawks. And there's people calling for Hightower's job. This was the, the worst special teams game of the season, even worse than when you didn't have a kicker. Right, it. I feel like it, yeah, the the special teams was bad, but to me, there's bigger issues. I, that's a big issue. I don't want to like glance over it. Like yeah, dude, fix whatever's going on. But I I feel like there are other things that contribute to the loss. I mean, a fake punt for a touchdown, like that's trash, of course. Yeah, you know. But you know, a fumble from Travis Benjamin. He's not. He's not the returner. You know, like your your cannon got a concussion. That's your retirement. Cannon had his mistakes early on in the season, but he's, you know, I don't. There's bigger. There, I, I'm not. There's bigger things to me than the special teams. There's more things I'm worried about, and really, I'm not worried about anything other than developing trade that. So we can talk about special teams, special teams <laughs> coach, or whatever. I don't care about none of that. Like, is, you know, what what's the development of Trey Lance? Like, how are we going to get him better? What's going to get him more prepared for 2022? Is he going to hit the ground running? If he doesn't, what does it look like? If he doesn't, what's the talk around it? What's the, you know, like those are the things I'm worried about, not a special teams coach. Yeah. And even look, sometimes you know, they got him. They got him with the trick play. Didn't see it coming. They sneak attacked him. They got him. Good job, Seahawks. That shouldn't have been a, enough to lose the game, though, either. And ah, not when you're up 23 14. So that's what yeah. I'm saying. There's other things that I think, I think not those. helping out Tom Compton's way more egregious than the anything the special teams coach did in that game. Special teams teams coach isn't kicking extra points that Robbie Gold doinked off the upright. By the way, how high of a draft pick are the 49ers going to use on a kicker pretty soon? The, the can they go the Aguero way? What was it? <laughs> second round? Pick? They don't uh, have a first Janikowski. Team. We better start scouting kickers, Croc, because... Uh, Janikowski, first-round pick. That just sounds wild. Yeah. He played for a long time. There was there. What's funny is there was worse first-round picks. It's a stupid pick because the opportunity cost of what a player could be. But there was worse first-round picks in that first round than a kicker, oddly enough. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, we got to get out of here, Croc. We're going long. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out on the brand-new YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, the thumbs up. If you enjoyed the episode, share it. Tell a friend about Locked On 49ers. Thanks, everybody, who's been with us every episode, every day, making us your first listen on the audio pad for so many years. Croc and I, back tomorrow, another Winky Wednesday with our special guest, Nick Winkler, right here. Locked On 49ers.